coming up on 5-Minute News. Federal judge says Trump likely committed election crimes. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs Don't Say Gay Bill. And Joe Biden says Putin remark was about moral outrage. It's Tuesday, March 29. I'm Anthony Davis. A federal judge, David Carter, asserted it is more likely than not that former President Donald Trump committed crimes in his attempt to stop the certification of the 2020 election, ruling on Monday to order the release of more than 100 emails from Trump advisor John Eastman to the committee investigating the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The ruling by the U.S. District Court judge marked a major legal win for the House panel as it looks to correspondence from Eastman, the lawyer who was consulting with Trump as he attempted to overturn the presidential election. Based on the evidence, the court finds it more likely than not that President Trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6, 2021, Carter, who was nominated by former President Bill Clinton, wrote in the ruling submitted in the Federal Central District of California. Eastman was trying to withhold documents from the committee on the basis of an attorney-client privilege claim between him and the former president. The committee responded earlier this month arguing that there is a legal exception allowing the disclosure of communications regarding ongoing or future crimes. The March 3rd filing from the committee was their most formal effort yet to link the former president to a federal crime. Lawmakers do not have the power to bring criminal charges on their own and can only make a referral to the Department of Justice. The committee argued in the court documents that Trump and his associates engaged in a criminal conspiracy to prevent Congress from certifying Joe Biden's victory in the Electoral College. Trump and those working with him then spread false information about the outcome of the presidential election and pressured state officials to overturn the results, potentially violating multiple federal laws. The Republican governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, signed a bill into law on Monday dubbed Don't Say Gay that forbids instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade, a policy that has drawn intense national scrutiny from critics who argue it marginalizes LGBTQ people. The legislation has pushed Florida and DeSantis, an ascending Republican and potential presidential candidate, to the forefront of the country's culture wars. DeSantis and other Republicans have repeatedly said the measure is reasonable and that parents, not teachers, should be broaching subjects of sexual orientation and gender identity with their children. The law went into effect just days after DeSantis signed a separate bill that potentially restricts what books elementary schools can keep in their libraries or use for instruction. We will make sure that parents can send their kids to school to get an education, not an indoctrination, DeSantis said, to applause before he signed the sexual orientation and gender identity measure during a ceremony at a preparatory school outside Tampa surrounded by young children. Public backlash began almost immediately after the bill was introduced, with early criticism lobbed by Chastan Buttigieg, the husband of the US Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and condemnation from LGBTQ advocacy groups. 
The bill's intentionally vague language leaves teachers afraid to talk to their students and opens up school districts to costly and frivolous litigation from those seeking to exclude LGBTQ people from any grade level, said State Representative Carlos G. Smith. Even worse, Don't Say Gay sends a hateful message to our most vulnerable youth who simply need our support. Joe Biden said on Monday that he would make no apologies and wasn't walking anything back after his weekend comment that Russian President Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power, attempting to turn the page on a controversy that clouded his recent trip to Europe. The president also insisted he's not calling for regime change in Moscow, which would have represented a dramatic shift towards direct confrontation with another nuclear-armed country. I was expressing the moral outrage that I felt toward this man, Biden said. I wasn't articulating a policy change. The president's jarring remark about Putin, which came at the end of a Saturday speech in Warsaw that was intended to rally democracies for a long global struggle against autocracy, drew criticism in the United States and rattled some allies in Western Europe. Richard Haas, president of the Council on Foreign Relations, said he believed Biden's comments on Monday were an effective way for the president to move beyond what was an unforced error. Haas had originally been concerned that aggressive American rhetoric could make Putin feel like he had little to lose by hanging tough or even escalating. Biden rejected the idea that his comment could escalate tensions over the war in Ukraine or that it would fuel Russian propaganda about Western aggression. He said he was expressing an aspiration rather than a goal of American foreign policy. On Monday, United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres responded to Biden's speech by saying that we need de-escalation, we need military de-escalation and rhetoric de-escalation. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky remains exasperated with the pace of military assistance, accusing Western leaders of cowardice and repeating his request for tanks and fighter jets. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. We often hear about the individuals who took the oath of office to become the chief executive. But what about the other people who play a role in each administration or the events that may not be as well known, but that contribute to the reshaping of the office of the American presidency? On the presidencies of the United States, we explore each administration beyond just the person holding the highest elected office in order to better understand the history that brought us to the modern day presidency. I hope you'll join me on this journey through the annals of presidential history. Presidencies can be found anywhere fine podcasts can be found and is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.